Anger by Alexander Augustus Narrated by Daniel Collard Volume 2, Chapter 4 I tore through the blue with alarming speed. My hermit sensitivity did intuit the movement of the waves and the wind, and did allow me to cut through the elements like a blade. The heavens were filled with the open eyes of God, the irises of which shone as luminescent white ovals in all sizes and constellations. There was great beauty in the wilderness of the blue, and if one stared down into the clear water, Bizarre and brilliant life forms could be observed mingling with the fish and weeds below, the many varied mutations of Cup's form. But the blue was full of seductive danger, of a nature far more crafty than the dangers of the red. The whole atmosphere seemed to be conspiring to pull me into the water, to lose myself in abstract mysticism. The fragrant salty air did make me feel light and weightless, Small clouds of sea air did chill my brows and waft the scents of herbs and cooking flesh, which did cause me to salivate and hunger. The water itself called to me, the clear ocean, like unto crystal, beckoning me down, 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 with the sparkling allure of precious jeweled treasures. I was light-headed in all my heads. I was empty and desiring of fulfilment. I did catch glimpses of my reflections in the shining face of the water, and these reflections did call to me. I peered down with open eyes into the expanse of sea. My cells in the reflections appeared to glow with contentment. HALT! I ordered the serpents. They slowed to a stop, and we did sink down into the water. I did clamber out of the serpents, and kneel on their outstretched and floating scales. I did lean down and inspect the reflected images of my faces. I was fixated and encapsulated. A thirst had been created within me. I was astonished by myself, and hung motionless with fixed expressions like statues carved from marble. The water presented a reality greatly improved. I did land my terrible child body down onto the surface of the water and did stare too with those eyes. The rings floated atop the water and slowed to a halt, folding flat onto the water's surface. Silence. I contemplated the multitude of stars, which were my own hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of burning eyes. The flames of my hair did curl in the reflection and gleamed, a crown fit for Bacchus fit for Apollo. My youthful cheeks and ivory neck, the beauty of my flashing and burning faces. My hermit face, rose-flushed mingled in the whiteness of snow. Unknowingly I desired myself, and I was dripping, and I was drowning. And my thirst became terrible. 
I gave my lips in vain to the deceptive sea. I tried to embrace the necks I could see. I plunged my arms into the water, but could not catch myself within it. I was both seduced and deceived by my multitude of eyes. I could see that just below each of my reflections, other beings had aligned themselves. They were difficult to distinguish because they had so perfectly matched the positions of my facial and bodily features. Their eyes placed under mine, their noses placed under mine. They jerked as I strained to distinguish their features, evading full sight. Although humanoid in form, the creatures under my reflections were composed partly of seaweed which did grow from their nostrils and tear ducts and mouths, and sprout from their ears. The leaves of the seaweed did bulge with life, with the beasts of the sea nestling within their shade, with only a stray eye or horn or wing exposed. And the arms and legs of the creatures did thin at the edges and split into networks of roots under the ocean's surface. As I did lean in and break the water's face with my nose, the water did whisper back to me softly. Yes, yes, come and see, come and see, for you shall receive all you desire. You shall receive the great cup of tea, and all the little treasures, and your own three-dimensional printer, and a prime-time extravaganza, and more. You will receive an exhibition with an audience. Something was exasperatingly beautiful about the scene. My hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of eyes did dilate with all pupils, allowing something like love to take over my body. My heart beat faster and faster, yet my bodies were swept over and over with cold flushes. I did try to catch the fleeting images of myself, but in vain. What I tried to grasp was nowhere, and when I disturbed the water's surface, what I loved was lost. My faces did all sink below the surface of the water. I felt I had the power to fight the feeling, yet I did not. I did not. And I remembered this feeling. You will receive mentoring and contacts, and I shall give you ID." The soft voices continued, and my heart beat like a wretched caged bird, and my palms did sweat like I had been drugged. Yes, I remember now how it was, I thought. I was paralyzed. Perhaps this place, right here, is where I should lay to rest. I am so very tired of fighting against the will of others. The quest I had been on seemed now abstract and formless. I did lean in also with my hermit body, the tip of my sharp teeth slicing gentle ripples in the water's surface. I was unable to see through those blind eyes, but seeing with the eyes on my other bodies, I did reach into the water with my sensitive hands caressing the seaweed and beasts within and I did lean in to kiss the watery phantoms. As I did so, the seaweed about their faces did unfurl and lift out of the sea, wrapping around my necks and arms and legs and rings and organs and things about my body which should not be touched. My flames began to extinguish, 
The trails of the seaweed were wet and gooey upon my skin, and as their liquid seeped into me, it became bitter and venomous like bile. And the water did instruct to me with a penetration as if from my own voice, You are nothing. Suddenly, a hideous high-pitched shriek did burst through the smooth crystal of the water, breaking its surface into violent ripples and explosions of bubbles. The uncanny cry tormented my ears, a high, hiccuping yell of agony. Startled, I jumped back from the water. I had impaled one of the seaweed phantoms with the two-edged teeth protruding from my hermit mouth. Lo, I did behold, skewered and flailing about, was a grotesque imp. I was confronted with the thrashing, howling and screaming body of a plant-like, cup-like specimen. Not young as my bodies were, but old, like the elders in the red. Upon leaning into it, my teeth had pierced straight through the back of its head, and blue blood did pour down the seaweed of its gnarled and gnashing face. The sunken eyes were pale and unfocused, darting about wildly, and its lily-white body was sagging and repulsive, with nipples drooping like sad, disgusting eyes above a mouth-like belly button on a lonesome face. Its long white hair did plait and mingle with the plant life growing from the creature's form. The green weeds from its mouth and eyes were thrashing about, trying to attach themselves to me. Those putrid, livid weeds did leave sticky trails on my body, which did sting and burn. The Elders of the Blue had stalked me, and cast visions upon me, and upon their foreheads the name of deception and abuse. The Blues had made me lose myself within my own mind, and they had toyed with sacred recesses which should not be touched. Bile rose in my stomachs, and brought the flavour of disgust to my lips. I had the dazed and startled feeling of someone violently woken from a dream, and in shock I did shake my hermit head, flinging the imp-like elder and launching it into the rings of my child body, with which I did cut and chop. I fell to my hermit knees. I was suddenly dirty, not outside but inside. My terrible child burned brighter with shame and the elder's eye did surface in the ring. At the sight of their fallen brother being impaled, butchered and eaten, the other elders did flee, grasping and paddling through the water with their gangly limbs and seaweed tentacles. I did not pursue them. I did not want more of them inside me. And as I surveyed the ocean, I knew suddenly why all the survivors in the blue were blind. Because all those with sight were wrapped up in seaweed and drowned in the ocean, bobbing under the surface. Hundreds of thousands and thousands of thousands of bloated white corpses of young cups. And I realised, too, why the eye holes in the masks of the red soldiers were so narrow, to avoid seeing the corrupting visions of the elders. I had escaped, but something within me was clenched, and might never unclench. The closeness of death in this place did not evade my mind. I did wonder which of my bodies had allowed this type of weakness into my fold, that I may be so easily infiltrated, and somehow I did begin to loathe my grinning and flashing face of mischief, which did continue to grin and flash even in this bitter moment. 
I did climb back into the safety of knife, fork and spoon, and did close all eyes except those of my terrible child. I propelled myself far, far above the water's surface and into the heavens, where I could navigate without immediate danger. I did not look willingly back down into those waters. Quickly I built up speed, and the sickness did pass. I did continue on my quest, and after several hours of travel I beheld, lo, in the midst of the blue sea, the hanged beast floating far off in the distance. All about him a war did rage, and I did enjoy seeing the red soldiers slashing violently at the blues. And I did enjoy too seeing the blues slashing violently at the reds. I observed the natives of the blue more clearly here, not the elders, but the younger cups who did resist the blue elders and reds alike. All were blind. They could not fight like true soldiers, but in some degree they were attacking the enemy and defending themselves. They could breathe underwater, but they did also spring into the air to attack. And as they did rise from the waters, the water did rise with them, flowing up into the air with the blues suspended inside like insects trapped in amber. Their little cup bodies had grown into mutated forms, crossbred with serpents and flying creatures with stingers and horns, and with leaves and flowers. Their heads were surrounded by light blue bubbles of liquid, which did flow and ebb as they moved, just as that of the hermit's tears. And these bubbles did glow with their own internal light. As they waved their arms, they did send waves through their bubbles, and use them as extra limbs, such as hands to clasp or legs to walk. The bubbles did support their body weight, and like this they meandered and evaded capture. And they were very small. They looked not as though they had eaten a single person in their whole lives, but remained puny little children, each the size of one of my hands. Unable to see, they did use their limbs to feel for their enemies, clambering fearfully around them, through the gaps between their legs, over their bronze masks and under their arms. They dived in and out of the sea, and they did indeed appear quite disorganized and purposeless. No wonder the red soldiers were able to infiltrate the blue so comprehensively, I thought. The natives of the blue did roar with the multitudes of many waters, and the conquerors from the red did roar back with the cries of many trumpets. And the fighting did rage across the blue, in the water and over various platforms that surrounded the hanged beast. The red agents did swim bravely into the ocean of the blue, fighting against all odds. They did bite down on their bronze mask swords with their teeth and slash and hurt, and they had also their noses, which were sheathed with their metal coverings, with which they did stab and hurt. They swam in triangular formations. They fought the blue, who seemed to follow no formation and flowed freely, weaving in between the soldiers, ducking and diving. In fact, they were hardly fighting at all, but moving in spirals like leaves in the wind. And lo, I did behold one of these small blue boys, with a leafy head like a cabbage, send his head bubble into the ear of a soldier of the red, and he did drop his bronze mask, and his pupils did dilate as if on morphine, 
and he did turn blue with liquid pouring from his eyes and ears and nose. In this moment, he did transform into an agent of the blue. His eyes turned pale and useless, and he did now float away and swing his nose sword against his swimming red brothers. And lo, I did behold the red soldiers cutting and slashing and impaling the little blue boys. And many of the reds were fully grown men, and they did use brute force with extreme prejudice. And the blue cups did sing, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. And upon hearing this, I do think that perhaps their keys were more convincing than mine, and perhaps I had not the phone, money or keys I needed after all. And all the while, the gigantic hanged beast did lie face down in the sea. His skin was almost translucent, and one could see his blue veins and arteries and organs working inside his body, like unto a jellyfish. He appeared to have no bones, but maintained his form by lying very still indeed. There was a tail atop his head, and with this he did sway in the tide like some floating plant. Every now and then, the tail would twitch excitedly, like the tail of a cat pawing at a string. And lo, I did behold the hanged beast spake with a booming voice that could surely be heard throughout the entire blue. Turning his colossal head, and with a face half submerged, he did cry as a multitude of many waters. Look, I've just had a really long day, and I'm really tired. I just want to chill out, and you guys are really doing my head in. With that, the giant did turn his head once more below the sea. Careful to cast all my eyes up to the heavens, so as not to be drowned by the lure of the creatures in the sea, I did now turn to the red and blue soldiers fighting amongst the scaled bodies of knife, fork and spoon, and did ask, how did the hanged beast come to be so large, and where doth his power lie? One red soldier paddled away from the melee to reply, The hanged beast is very ancient, perhaps as old as the wisest elders. It is fabled that in the beast's great birthing storm he did eat only of the plants of the sea, and now he floats with mouth open, swallowing up all the water in the blue, growing and growing as he doth swallow the whole sea. I see. I replied. And, and his, his power, power where, where doth it, it lie? I looked up at the multitude of glowing god eyes above. For the hanged beast did hurt the shells, and prophet Boris Johnson did decree that if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies, and if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed, and so the beasts of the blue did destroy almighty Cap. It was clear that I would not get a satisfactory answer. With this, the hanged beast turned its vast head once more to the side, and did decree with the roar of tens of thousands and thousands of tsunamis. Can you change the channel, please? I can't stand these tendons now that the whole cast is boarding and crippled. 
And if you're gonna head to the shops, can I get a six-pack of Strongbow and some Haribo? Any of the sour ones? Not Starmix, please. Thank you. And then turned once more to face the sea. I knew not of what the monstrosity did speak as it lay limply. But my intuition told me that this creature spake the divine truth of I.D., and his scale alone could help me escape. Propelling my child body down, I did wield my golden measuring reed and accelerate across the ocean, letting out a hideous, high-pitched shriek with a great voice, as of a hundred trumpets. With the reed I did measure the full height of the hanged beast. I then flew higher and higher, up to the roof of the heavens, and did measure the height of the heavens. Yes, the two measurements did accord with one another. If I could compel this beast to stand and lift my bodies up, then perhaps I could cut through the heavens with my hermit teeth, or use the beast's colossal arms to push one of God's eyes out altogether and climb through the skull. I would need my serpent carriers to grow in size and lift the hanged beast's legs up. Knife, fork, spoon, have I been good to you? Have I not named you as men? And have I slain you not, nor eaten you not? Yes, master, they replied. Good, I fear I have not much time. You must act now. Eat all the beasts of the sea. All the slithering beasts, scaled, beaked, clawed and venomous creatures all beating their useless wings which cover their faces. Tens of thousands and thousands of thousands inhabiting the sea, resting not day nor night, saying, Holy, 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 almighty, which was and is and is to come. Eat them now and grow, 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 grow! I roared into the faces of knife, fork, and spoon. I unleashed the serpent upon the sea, and the sea became as the blood of a dead man, red and sticky everywhere. Animated with the fury of lightning, knife, fork, and spoon did suck upon their brothers and sisters of the sea. As they consumed, they did grow and grow, in thickness and length, until they coiled around the whole battlefield, Still they supped and grew, until every living beast in the sea was devoured. Their bodies were enormously thick and long, and did float like colossal felled trees upon the water. Clambering onto the scaled back of Fork, I was able to swim my duo of mischievous adult bodies through the zone of war and over to the floating hanged beast. I did poke and prod the floating giant to get its attention but its flesh was soft and gooey, and I began to sink into its body. Its semi-transparent flesh was like unto bubblegum, and I did slip and stick as I tried to pull my feet and hands out. As I struggled, the hanged beast did turn its head once more to the side and call out, Guys! It did boom through the universe. I'm not fully on board with the whole cleaning thingy you've pinned up here. 
quite honestly. And I don't want to be the one that always complains. But I do think I'm quite tidy in general. And putting me on a rotor like this feels a bit totalitarian. Just saying, no offence or anything. And with that, he did submerge his head once more. Puzzled, I did ask myself, what magic incantations doth he speak? My child did hover down and join in the tug of war to release my mischievous bodies from the hanged beast. I grasped with all four hands, but one of the bodies slipped. And then, in resignation, I did allow one of myself to sink into the depths of the beast, while my other escaped, pulling myself up on the straining rings of the child. I did call to the great beast. Hanged beast! This is my body, which is given for you! Take me to the new world! And the flames of my light did burst through the entire thirty cubits and a span of his body. A bright pale light did flash across his surface from one end of the blue to the other, lighting up the sea and alerting everyone on the battlefield of the event. And all the blue soldiers on the battlefield did turn and cry, Oh holy, oh holy, oh holy! And all the red soldiers did turn and cry, Oh holy, oh holy, oh holy! For the hanged beast did at once conquer me, as I did conquer him, and all rejoiced and all trembled in fear. And my body did dissolve inside his body, as a fish inside a whale. But my density was great, and my matter did weave and climb inside his jelly like the tendrils of a vine clambering for stability, giving structure to his form. My red did dye his left, and my blue did dye his right, and branches of bone did burst to life through his musculature with astonishing speed. And the transparency of the hanged beast's skin did at once turn opaque red on the left and opaque blue on the right. And then the colours did slowly merge into one another, like watercolour paint. And the drowned body became a peachy pink cup, colossal and terrifying and solid. And I did feel my mischief and shame and anger and skill and loneliness pouring into the hanged beast. And equally as potent, I did feel the serenity and agreeableness of the hanged beast wash through my other three bodies. It did both tickle and sting inside my fingers and toes as our limbs fused into one another and I felt the tail on my giant head flicking and swaying around as it felt and found itself. I opened my giant eyes and felt the pale pupils dilate wider and wider. And through these eyes, I could also see the vision of my four bodies merging into one. I twitched and stretched my new body out like a hand entering a glove. And with my colossal foot, I did kick down the wall between the red and the blue. And the two seas did pour into one another. And I drank of the sea. I tried to drink it all. And I grew and grew like a balloon filling with water. 
I opened my mouth, and I did rip and bite clumps of matter from the seabed and from the islands and the hidden places. Drinking, eating, devouring everything. And everything writhed and pulsated and bled. And I did turn my gigantic head from the water, and did roar with my colossal new mouth. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Cometh! Cometh to me! And my head ached, and I did suffer, and the beast's language and voice and tone did pound through my head, its words wrapping around my words and changing my speech. Words poured from my mouth as a multitude of waters. Come here, guys! All of you, you guys, over there by the island, and over there under the sea, come here to me! We'll work together now! And all the soldiers of the red, and all those of the blue, did turn and flock to my body in haste. And I did open my cavernous mouth, and they did rush in like into a whirlpool. But they also climbed into my ears and my nose, and every orifice you might imagine, or not want to imagine. And it did hurt. In the distance, I did spy the phantoms of the shadows who had followed me ever since I took the Starman's light. The desk lamps, and the elephants, the textbooks, and the trees, and nests, and window frames, and people from my memories, and ketchup bottles, tiles from buildings I did see in Portugal, and pan chocolat I did eat in France, and all the moving and chattering things from the corners of Cup's mind. They did also march in a parade, and they did come to me, and did pour into me, gnawing holes in my heels, and climbing up through the insides of my legs, as they did dissolve into me. I boomed out. It's okay, little ones. Be brave. Come. Come. And they poured into me. And piece by piece, I began to recall roads, and buildings, and fruit, and friends, and snoring, and stars, headache, and the ecstasy of finishing exams. Not, Not my bum! bum! I shouted as I manoeuvred my tree trunk arm around my backside to flick all the clambering little people away. I was growing and growing, and beginning to push up against the edges of the world. My shoulder was now touching the heavens, and I had to recline into a fetal position, as if about to be born. Knife! Fork! Spoon! Quickly! Come to me! I commanded the serpents, who had gathered up all their brethren, and now spiralled up around my gargantuan legs and clung to my frame. They did spiral up to my ears and whispered, We are afraid of the world outside, sir. And I did boom back, Please be brave! And I did grasp my remaining mischievous body in my left hand. And I did shield my sensitive hermit body in my right hand. And both of these appeared to me as tiny dolls compared to my enormous new body. And with the hermit's arms, I did hold my terrible child body. And the rings of eyes did spin around me. And myself did brace all together. Memories of Cup's life were flooding back to me. I mean, Cup in the outside world, in London. Who and where I used to be, and, I guess, who I am once more.
I remembered my phone, which lay smashed and broken on the ground, full of disconnected and unresponding phone numbers. I remembered my money, or lack thereof. I remembered my keys, which were imminently to be taken away from me through eviction. And I remembered, too, my utter powerlessness against a system it was impossible for me to join with. I have found ID! I boomed with my mouth. The light swings once more! I cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when I cried, four thunders uttered their voices, including from my new giant hanged body. I closed all my hundreds and hundreds and thousands of hundreds of eyes, ready for impact. I was becoming whole and undivided once more. And I remembered. Yes. Yes. I remember now how it worked. I had not power. But I did have integrity. And upon my forehead, the name of integrity. A bright fire engulfed everything. And out of the fire went forth lightning. Its tines electrified every fibre inside of me. I boomed from every mouth I now had as the sky cracked open. I leapt out into the world, and everything smoke-filled and on fire.